Hey, join DJ and PK. That's us. Friday, 7 to 10 a.m. We're going to be at Murdoch Chevrolet, 2375 South, 625 West in Woods Cross. My guess is we'll have jazz stuff, and PK will put on caps, and you'll get them for free if you come in and rip them off his head. So, that's Murdoch Chevrolet in Woods Cross. And for those of you commuting south on I-15, it is not, it's an easy hop off and on the freeway. So. Oh, yeah, we've been, we were at Murdoch uh, Hyundai, 4646 uh, State Street in Murray. Last week, we had BYU and Utah football tickets to give away. When we were up at the Chevy in Woods Cross, we had Utah tickets. Obviously, BYU's on a bye this week, so I don't know what we're going to have, but we may have them again. So, And we had a ton of folks come out. Some guy came out last week, totally decked out in ASU gear, head to toe. <laughs> and I mean, ASU... Um, Crocs. Crocs, there you go. Yes. Thanks. I was going to say slippers, but he had ASU Crocs. He had an ASU basketball jersey that he had me put on, and we took pictures, and Frank Dolce was sitting in, and took pictures of Frank, and it was a lot of fun. We'll be there Friday. All right, the NBA season is getting started. People are making their predictions. Jazz are making a couple of moves. We got uh, your reaction. Big two days for the Jazz, signing Joe Ingles, Quinn Snyder to contract extensions. What do you think of those moves? I think symbolism was outstanding. Michael Hobbs says, both great moves, one of the best coaches in the NBA, and this basically ensures that Joe's going to retire in Utah, as he should. I think it actually ensures that Joe will retire as a Jazz player. I don't know they were retiring. I think that's what he means. Yeah. I don't think he means literally living here. They normally don't. They go home, and his his home is a long ways away. So you got to give him the opportunity. Well, he's made it very clear. He's yeah, going back no, to I don't have any problem with that. Uh, and he'll come back from time to time. Uh, he always does, and he'll continue to do that. Yeah, he's a jazz man through and through. He'll go down. He won't go down as one of the legendary players, but he'll go down as one of the legendary jazz people. And the way he's connected and the way the community is connected to him has just been incredible. So he's one of these guys. And his value is always going to be more here than it is someplace else. So And, and, the, and the way he does things. And, and they'll always remember that the other guy took a whirlwind tour. This dude said, okay, you're going to give me the money. Yeah, it's good. All right, I'll sign. Boom. What's over? I don't need, and he'll say, come on, I'm, I'm making more money than I need. What do, what do I need more money for? And that's, that's what they want to hear. That's what the fans want to hear. When it comes to the money. Take the money, but then be grateful. Yes, and express the gratitude. Because that is what it becomes acceptable. When you start whining about this and that, <laughs> and it's like, come on, man. You just are so disconnected with the average Joe. We make a lot of money, but we spend a lot of money, too. You know what? That'll go down as one of the all-timers. What's the average wage in Utah? 40 grand? 45 grand? I don't know. 25 grand? 35 grand? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I'm fortunate enough. I don't have to worry about it. And so that you make that money. Be grateful for it. Uh, and he should be here, and wouldn't surprise me because we have that sort of down-home nature that some of these other bigger franchises, the bigger market franchises don't have. Wouldn't surprise me if there's some type of uh, jersey retirement type deal of because what he's meant. His value on the court's been good, but you can argue his value off the court has been even better. 
And so he it'll fits in. It'll be interesting to see his value going forward. Not his value, the value of his story going forward. Obviously, his value going forward matters, and how well does he play yeah. at the age of 34. So we can set that aside because we'd be guessing. We don't know for sure what that'll look like. But the value of his story going forward, when they're out there recruiting the diamonds in the rough, hey, come play for us, invest. You can go from the G League to the roster to the rotation to the starting lineup to $50 million bucks. Look at this guy. And the rep among free agents, hey, some organizations treat you like a piece of meat. You're in. Hey, you're good for us for a year and a half, and then boom, they'll move you. They don't care. But these guys, you know, you go in there, and hey, you got to adjust your role maybe over time, but if you do things the right way, you can have a long run there. That's why the signings are more powerful symbolically than the actual signings. Because Joe isn't going anywhere, and Coach Schneider wasn't going anywhere. So it's not like, whew, man, we don't have to worry about that anymore. We never had to worry about it in the first place. But it's the power, sim- the powerful symbolism that they send to the league. In order for you to be successful, you have to have stability in management. Look around. You know, unless you're LeBron and Durant. Well, you can go anywhere and be an instant winner because you're just that good. But that's the upper level of the one-tenth of one percent. The rest of the league has to be built on stability. You have to have a plan and carry it through. And once you have that, it's going to then allow you, as long as it's solid, to find success. You see it over and over and over, and it's not just sports. It's pretty much in anything. I mean, look at us doing this thing. Management is recognized, man. You turn on the radio, you know you're going to get DJ being Mr. Sanity. You're going to get PK, Mr. Wacko. And away you go every morning, Monday through Friday, football, basketball, baseball, soccer, you name it. Jacking around. That's what you're going to get. And you like it. There's stability there. So I don't care what business it is. Stability is the key. Successful plans and then executing those plans, whatever it might be. And what happens first? That. Look into your crystal balls. Pardon? Hey-o. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> All brass, that's baby. One of, that's All one of the better ones. All brass. <laughs> I can only speak for myself. And speaking of <laughs> crystal... And looking forward. Wang. Wang. (laughs) (laughs) Dang. Whap. Uh Uh-oh. 538.com. The computer people have their NBA predictions out. This is the time, PK, before we get to game number one, which is now, what are we sitting here, 10 hours away? 10 hours from the tip to the season. 10? Oh, the NBA season. The NBA season. just the jazz season. Right. Okay. Yeah. Starts tonight, 6 o'clock, TNT. The Pelicans and the Raptors, and then the Lakers and Clippers. It's called the World Series, and then... And the World Series, yes. Channel surfing. And then the Lakers and the Clippers. That probably is how most of us will order that. All right, so, although you can watch everybody in the West. See, there it is. First game, and I'm going to blow somebody off in the West. That's where I'll go between innings and, and pitching the World changes. Series isn't on every night. That's a true story. All right, so, 538, computer simulations, play out 100,000 of them. Care to guess where they have the Jazz stacking up? So what's what's the the criteria? Because I always I have ADD when it comes to that stuff. Five thirty eight is a statistical driven site. They do computer analysis. They do simulated games. They play them a gazillion times. Guess how many times I've looked at that site? Zero. As Bill Belichick said, less than zero. 
you and Belichick like this. And You're so like what, are you, what are you asking me? Where they pick the Jazz to finish in the West. The question that is on everyone's mind as the NBA season starts. I'll say third or fourth. I'll say fourth. For a guy who never looks at the site, you're good. 51 and 31, fourth in the West, which sets them up for home court advantage in the first round against fifth seeded, the Golden State Warriors. They have the Warriors as a 49 win team, fifth. Hey, these, these conference playoffs, or Western Conference anyway, they're going to be, you know what, busters. Exactly. Right from the start. Exactly. That's the way I want it, man. I know. Yeah. It's not supposed to be easy. At minimum, there should be six really good teams, yeah. and two of them are going to be out in the first round. There's going to be two first-round series. It should be great. Rockets, Nuggets, Clippers are their top three in front of the Jazz. Okay. Nobody getting to 60 wins. Uh, Rockets at 57. The Nuggets at 54 again. Well, you know, I write my thing every Thursday, and I was doing it last night, and I said between 50 and 53. So there it is. I don't want to give away everything I wrote, but uh, that's... 1280thezone.com. Check it out. That's what I publish it tomorrow morning, and I was working on it, and I'll let it uh, sit, marinate for tonight, and I'll make some... I'll review it, maybe make some changes, maybe stay with it. And uh, submit it tomorrow morning. So, yeah, that's what I was working on. And that's what I've got them at. Because, to me, that's the most reasonable. Rockets, Nuggets, Clippers, 1-2-3. Jazz and the Warriors uh, in the 4-5 series. They have the Lakers sixth, which set up Clippers-Lakers in the first round. Back to the you-know-what busters right out of the gate. And they have Dallas and Minnesota getting the last two playoff spots. They're pushing the Thunder out. They're pushing the Blazers out. They get the Blazers at 41-41. and Blazers made some changes in the front court. I mean, they still talk to two guards, everybody looks like, but made some made some changes around them. White side coming in. Yeah, the Blazers after, they got to the conference final last year, didn't they? Yep. So that would be a major come down for them, for sure. They have the Spurs uh, with a losing record. 36-46. and 46, Out of the playoffs. Uh, good. Maybe I'll hear about basketball instead of the president. At that point, worry about building your team. And to your point about the Suns, that uh, the young guys have another year, so they should be better. Rubio should give them some stability handling the ball. They got the Suns at 38 and 44. They missed the playoffs, but well, 30. That's a massive Exactly. That was exactly what I was going to say. That is a big step forward from a year ago. They'll hold a parade. They were, uh, they were 38 games out of the best record in the league well, last year. struggling to win 20 games. It was uh, it was brutal. Yeah. So that would be, I mean, that's respectability. You know, you're you're flirting with 500. It's doubling their win total. They were nice. Well, yeah, yeah, you double your win total. I mean, because that's basically what the Jazz were doing when Coach Snyder was there from year one to year two to year three. You know, wasn't they're making, taking big steps? Weren't forward. making the playoffs, but the progress that they were making, it was obvious. Anybody could see it. And you know, they bring in Monty Williams here, and they need that stability that I've been speaking of. And that would be coach of the year material, actually. I probably wouldn't get it with a losing record, but that would be a phenomenal job. And that's what I'm saying is that's why I could tune in to all these teams. Dallas, how can I not watch Dallas, man? This Doncic kid looks like he's going to be an all-timer. And what does a unicorn guy, Brazingis, do after coming back? Didn't play last year. Got him 45 wins and seventh in the West. They also do stuff about you know the percentage chance of making the playoffs, the chance of making the finals, the chance of winning the finals. They have the Jazz's 86 percent chance to make the playoffs, four percent to go to the NBA Finals, and a two percent chance of winning it all. 
They get the Rockets as the uh, as the heavy favorite, and then the the Clippers, Bucks, and Sixers are kind of in a second tier. 14, 16, 18. The Rockets are the chances. heavy favorite to win it all. But but at tw- they uh yes, but at twenty seven percent, that's hardly overwhelming. Yeah, I get it. But it is at twenty seven percent. Then the Clippers at eighteen. And the Rockets, come on, they're going to be as intriguing as anything, as any team in the league to see what they do with Westbrook there. What does he do? How does he adjust his game? I mean, he's not a three point shooter. If I'm D'Antoni, I'm not sitting there making him shoot three pointers. So then he's got the ball and. Harden's well, playing I mean, off the ball. We haven't seen a lot of that. Not necessarily, but if he if he has the ball and he wants the mid-range thing or just attack the hoop the way he does, have at it. And these guys are in their 30s now. They're not. What what more personal acclaim does Westbrook need? All you need is to win. Now that's what it's about. You've got all the money. You got the MVPs. You got the triple double. You got everything you want. Personally. Except this one thing that the comes trophy, the, and that doesn't come personally in most cases. In some cases, it does. It comes through having an outstanding team, particularly this year. As good as LeBron is, I could argue this season is the worst chance he has to do it on his own. You could do when he was in the East, man. He could take a bunch of ragtag guys over there and get them to the final. Well, clearly you can't this year. You need every single guy in your rotation to be able to help you out. You can't do it alone. Not that you're not still good because you are very good. It's just that everything around you is really good too. And so now it's going to be multiple guys that are going. You're going to rise and fall not on just one person anymore. Maybe I can argue maybe not even on two. It's going to be your third, fourth, fifth guy. It's like a baseball batting lineup, you know. Most teams, you take their two, three, four hitters, they're all pretty good. But the strength of the team, when you got somebody hitting sixth or seventh, who's really good? Well, that's probably – and then he's probably got guys above him that are really good. So that's the depth there. That's what I see, that analogy in the West this year. You know, everybody's – one, two, maybe even three guys are really good. What are those guys four through six through seven? What difference are they going to make? How can they help you? How good are those guys compared to the others? Because you look at the Clippers, right? Well, we know George and, and Leonard are what they are, but what are those other guys going to do? What's Beverly going to do? What's Lou Williams going to do? On and on. And then you say the same thing here. You know, what, what fill in the blank? Whoever you think the second or third guy is, the fourth and fifth guy, you know how's Joe going to be? How's Jeff Green? And what what can he bring you? And so forth and so on. That's what adds the intrigue. There's there's a lot of mystery. Who doesn't like going to a mo- uh, the movies and seeing a good mystery? I like it. Everybody likes it, right? Sometimes you like it if you know what you're going to get to, and you you, you anticipate. Okay, this is what I want. And I'm going to get it, and that can be good too. But I think that the the unknown, the intrigue, you know, I mean, basically this season, I'm labeling it the Da Vinci Code. I think that's taken. Okay, we'll label it taken then, if that's what you want. That was a mystery too. That's fine. I just watched a rerun of that the other night. Let's taken. You have a particular set right. of skills. The Jazz have a particular set of skills. <laughs> if you want taken, we'll go with taken. I'm fine with that. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. We're going to go with Lincoln Kennedy next. 
Pac-12 Network's Raider analyst. He joins us every week. We'll get his take on ASU and Utah, the level of dirtiness, and his take on Utah and Cal. Another week, another win. We'll talk with him next. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. And now, attention, top of the wire on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah Jazz extend Quinn Snyder's contract for, uh, he had two years remaining on the deal, but they give him a long-term extension on top of that. They also give Joe Ingles another year at $14 million for the 2021-2022 season when Joe will be 34 years old. Jazz also announced a long-term sponsorship extension with Qualtrics to extend their 5 for the 5 jersey sponsorship deal through 2023. NBA season starts tonight. Pelicans and Raptors, the number one pick versus the defending champs, but Zion Williamson has undergone surgery for a torn meniscus. He is out for six to eight weeks, which will include the Jazz first game with the Pelicans this season. Pelicans and Raptors tonight, 6 o'clock on TNT. Lakers and Clippers at 8.30 on TNT. And the World Series starts tonight in Houston. Nationals and the Astros. It's Garrett Cole versus Max Scherzer. Games at 6 o'clock on Big Fox. Top of the Wire brought to you by Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. The savings are on at Ken Garf West Valley Ram. Stop by the dealership during Ram Power Days and take advantage of special offers on select new models. Whatever you're looking for, they've got it at West Valley Ram. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. BYU fans, they got sick of hearing me say, extend Kalani. After the USC win, I was vocal. After the Tennessee win, I was vocal. You know, the South Florida and Toledo losses, those are ugly losses. There's no question about it. They're hideous. But this win against the 14-ranked Boise State team, it demands a little bit of conversation. Now you've got to win over two top 25 teams. Got to win against an SEC team. I look at this game the same way I looked at the Stanford game for Utah. Kyle Whittingham up at the podium, and they ask him what kind of a win does this mean for the program? And he said unless we add on to it and we build from it, it means nothing. Yeah. A loss to Liberty, a loss to UMass, even a loss to Utah State in two weeks. And it kind of just takes a Sharpie marker right through that win. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to three. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Join the big show Thursday from three to six at Homie. 10355 South Jordan Gateway in South Jordan. 10355 South Jordan Gateway in South Jordan. All right, PK, we're about to talk with uh, Lincoln Kennedy here, our weekly visit with the Pac 12 Network and Raider analyst. But first, on the question, because we both got hit with this yesterday, what about ASU and all the dirty play? Well, something was going wrong because Herm did apologize. But I think the play that really infuriated Ute fans, first off, if you're watching on TV, one of the penalties on the, the touchdown drive when there were three was downfield and they never showed it to us. So I don't know how Ute fan can be outraged about that. We literally never saw it. The second one was Zach Moss and the helmet-to-helmet hit, which, you know, and the, the player, now I forget the name of the guy, who kicked, yeah, who got kicked out. And he was furious going to the locker room. You could see him. Because... He did lead with the crown of his helmet, so he set himself up. There's yeah. that. Oh, he set himself up. But he was clearly looking at Zach Moss thinking, I'm going in low. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not taking this guy on. That's a smart thing to do. Zach Moss is a big dude. And so he's going in low. It won't be helmet to helmet. But then one of his teammates is dragging Zach down. Yeah. And so Zach's dropping and he's dropping and his helmet to helmet. We've seen that with receivers a lot. It's bad yeah, luck. Don't lead with the crown of your helmet. But we, we've seen this happen more than once. But you can't. You can't assign any intent to that. It just happened. And that was the ugliest play in the game. Well, it depends on 
what your fandom is. If you're a Ute fan, you think it was dirty. Like, there's a guy who does, his name is Chris Cartman, Sun Devil, whatever. And I'm looking at the stuff here, and he shows one of the linebacker hitting a receiver, and, they, and the linebacker's looking at the quarterback and bumps into the receiver. And they call a personal foul, a blindside. And so you read, Darian is 100% staring at Huntley and unintentionally collided. That is not a personal foul. Another one, how the hell was that a flag? <laughs> so it's just where whatever your allegiance is, that it's dirty. And we'll play af- after we get done with Lynn Kennedy. We can play uh, Herm yesterday. If you're, yeah, if you if you're an ASU fan, oh no no no. If you're a Utah fan, no, that was all dirty. But when Utah commits uh, targeting, oh, that's a bogus call because you're a fan. Lincoln Kennedy, Pac-12 Networks Raider analyst, joins us now on the Sprint Special Guest Line. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the local Sprint store near you. Lincoln, good morning. Good morning, guys. Sounds like you're talking about officiating. <laughs> you know, uh, talking about fan reaction. because the Utah oh, okay. fans are up in arms. The ASU's dirty. and ASU fans, no, those were bad calls or they're clean hits or what have you. You know how that goes. You've been around for a long time. It's Whatever your fandom yeah. is determines if it's dirty or clean. True story. Yeah, very true, very true. So did you play against teams you thought were really dirty or sometimes the game's physical and the refs think they got to control it so they throw a lot of flags? As you got hit with 12 penalties in the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I saw that set. Um, no, I've I never played – I've never played against a team that, was, uh, that we thought was, like, notoriously dirty. But, I mean, come on, I was a Raider, so we saw plenty <laughs> of flags in my career, um, whether they were fair or not. So, uh, But, no, it's it, – I do think there's a part of the game on both levels, collegiate and pro, where they're, they're, they're over-officiating. I think they're trying so hard to show that the game is safer and they're trying to promote safety that they're really deterring from the fact that we're, this is a physical game. I mean, I was stunned you know, a couple of weeks ago when we were in London. I was stunned the fact that you know, Vontez Burfecht was suspended for the rest of the year for being too rough. That was the official calls. He was too rough and too violent. We're talking about a violent game. But, I mean, this is, this is where we've come to. This is where our society has come to, especially when it goes to football. Uh, and the whole targeting rule in both college and pro has left a lot up to interpretation by the fans because even as a commentator and an analyst, there are still many times where you can slow something down on the camera and make it look way more egregious than it actually was. Um, but you, but trying to um, diffuse or understand it, the, the intent of the player there is really hard to pick up because you can't know what's going through their mind at that, at that point. So when you get in a game, it was clear that this game Saturday night was a, a lo- huge stakes. Utah, <laughs> bunch of seniors, they've been there. The Devils, a bunch of freshmen, and even if they're not freshmen, they haven't played in this type of game with potential, you know, national rankings on the line. SC still is first place and all that, but. Uh, conference standings with huge implications. So it was clear the Devils lost their composure with the 12 penalties. I don't have any problems saying right. that as an ASU fan myself. So I'm wondering how in those games when it's chippy and physical and it's two teams, a little bit of a rival going on here, playing each other every year, they won't miss since they're both in the South. You as a player, particularly as a lineman, when you're getting smacked and smacking every single play, how do you control your emotions? You can't. 
there's really not a controlled emotion. Look, football to me has always been uh, um, what I like to refer to as a game of controlled violence. And what I mean is between the whistles, anything goes. Anything can happen within reason, of course. But that's where you have to start looking at it. And it doesn't matter your age. The thing is, is that, as you mentioned, if you're a senior-laden team like Utah is, you've been down this road, you want to prove all the naysayers wrong, you want to make up for when you slipped in the past, you want to finally achieve something. ASU is on the verge of, um, you know, even though they've had some success this year, they're still a pretty young team. And, and they'll use this as a learning experience, this game, which is what, you know, both coaching staffs want. Because you, if you're Utah, you want to show that you can fight one of those hard fault games and win. If you're ASU, you want to learn from your mistakes, learn that these, these, um, these penalties really cost you in a way where, you know, the turnovers and everything else, you want to, you want to make sure that you don't repeat them again because you want to have another chance at, at, you know, being a big, big deal. You got to be better than that than you've been, than they played this last game. So Cal's defense has looked just awesome all year long. The offense with Garbers right. seemed to score twenty something points every week, and they were four and zero. Now they've gone seventeen seven seventeen without him. They haven't gotten to twenty points. They've lost three in a row. Uh, Tyler Huntley says he's going to play. Now I don't know that we're all convinced he'll be one hundred percent, but he says he's going to play. So knowing that, how comfortable, how confident should Ute fans be leading into this game? Well, look, there, again, this is a time of year where Utah has, in the past, has slipped, um, and they can't afford to slip. I mean, to be completely honest with you guys, you know, when you look at the rankings, you've got Oregon at 11, Utah at 12. And I know Utah is going in for a game. You can't overlook anybody because the best way the Pac-12 has a chance, and I know Utah's not concerned about it, but it's, you know, forward thinking. The best way for the Pac-12 to have a chance to be a part of the playoff they have to win out. Oregon has to win out. They have to play Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, and then that, that winner will have a great shot of being a part of the playoff. So you can't afford to slip up. But Cal, in reference to the Cal game, Cal is definitely a defensive-laden team, um, and, 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 and I'm absolutely certain that Wilcox has put his influence, uh, head coach of the Cal Bears has put his influence on this team, and they play like gangbusters. Their secondary is lights out. And, you know, they've got their All-American linebacker, who's Mr. Everything, Evan Weaver, uh, can run from sideline to sideline. So it's going to be a tall task for a team like uh, Utah. But more importantly, the thing is you've got to continue to play or try to play mistake-free football and, and stick with your identity, which is run the ball and play defense. And if they do that, I, st- I still think they'll outscore Cal because uh, Cal is really struggling in the offensive side of the ball. You think the North is done now with Oregon? Yeah, yeah, I think it's a, it's a sealed deal. I do. I, I, I don't. I don't really see Oregon slipping up unless they just. I mean, I mean, unless they just overlook somebody and, and play down to a level. I don't see them slipping up. More acceptable slip among the top two teams: Utah blowing that game at SC, or Oregon blowing the game to Auburn. <sighs> probably, probably Oregon blowing the game to Auburn because. There were times even in the Washington game where Justin Herbert didn't look himself uh, or didn't look comfortable. And if he's going to be a big-time quarterback, probably a top-five draft choice, he's going to have to play better in those high-pressure situations. He came back in that Washington game and played better in the second half, and that's one of the reasons why they were able to win. So when you look at it just on a timeline reference, you go from that Auburn game and you see the growth of the team, 
I think you can you, you can make the reference that Oregon uh, has learned from that Auburn loss, and I know at, well Utah, where I see has, has learned as well. But again, it's we got to still wait and see how Utah finishes this thing off. Yeah, I would agree with that. I thought that look that game in Seattle the other day. I thought from the defensive perspective, you know, they they're, they're pretty good. But I was impressed by the offense being able to do what they yeah. needed to do. In my mind, not only is Oregon going to win the South, but I think right now, and it's subject to change, but I think right now they're the favorite to win the conference in the title game. Do you see it that way? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've got some vulnerabilities. Uh, Oregon does, but I, I think, you know, with quarterback play and offensive powers, I mean, offensive presence that they have and where they are at, uh, at managing and some of the games and critical games, and we'll see again them this week as well. Um, I think Oregon is, is a favorite. Lincoln Kennedy joining us here, Pac 12 Networks and Raider analyst. So, as you handicap USC coming down the stretch here, because the Utes need them to lose one game for sure. And if the Utes have one right. of those stumbles, then they need them to lose two. How many do you think SC is losing down the line? I think everybody's looking at Oregon as the one they're most likely to lose. Uh, what are the odds? How are you handicapping this SC stretch? Well, you know what? Um, let me try to find SC's schedule. I don't know who the remaining schedule is. I think their biggest games are Oregon. Oregon and ASU. So, so you know, you're going up against two pretty good teams. SC is dangerous because they still have star power, even though they have you know, slight inconsistencies at quarterback. Um, but I don't think SC is as good as the team their record shows. And, and that's just the best way to put it. So going up against Oregon and, and possibly if ASU sh- uh, shows up, you know, that, that I think that they'll lose. They can possibly lose both of those games. But I think they lose to Oregon. Um, I'm still out on, on the consistency of ASU's offense and right. their ability to score. They have uh, they got a couple road games at Colorado and Cal, and that Colorado's actually their next game uh, on the road. Oh, okay, but I'm curious about going to ASU and Cal back to back. Really good teams can handle back to back road games, but if you're not really good, you tend to lose one of those. And that's that's where I'm thinking. I didn't have this schedule up in front of me. I, I think they will slip up because I don't think their record is is, is truly an indicator of how good they are. Uh, who's uh, whose record you don't think is an indicator of how good they are? FC's. FC's record. Okay, so you think, think they're better than their record? Is that what you're saying? No, 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 no. I, I misread. They're not as good as their record. Okay, gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, sorry about that. Yeah. If, if they went out, they'd be a 9-3 and three team, and they look like a 7- or 8-win yeah. team to you, not a 9-win team. Uh, that's exactly what, that's how I feel, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think as from Utah's perspective, to just to make sure that you're in the driver's seat, you know, win, beat Cal, and then the November schedule – uh, the last three games, you've got the Bruins, the the Wildcats, and then Colorado, obviously. So what it boils down to is not this week, but next week. If you win in Seattle, then I think they're fine. They should be able to win the division. If you lose in Seattle, well, then probably SC would need to lose most likely to Oregon, which I think we put as an L, but then somebody else, and it looks like on paper anyway, that somebody else right now, that best chance is in Tempe against the Devils. Yeah, that, I mean, that's a, that's a likely scenario. Again, I just want to see Utah get over this, what is it, late season hump. Yeah, and I that's mean, a fair assessment. 
You know, that, that's a big thing to me because I think they're talented enough to, to really uh, go all the way. I think they're talented enough to win the South. I've seen enough of them to say that I, I feel honestly they're talented enough to win the South. Lincoln Kennedy join us here on 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. I'm curious, as you pointed out earlier, you know, you're a Raider. Uh, I'm curious what you think about mental toughness in sports and what people say and how it goes to their mindset. I don't know if you saw it, but Kyle Van Hoy is a big deal here because he played at BYU, and so Cougar fans still remember him fondly. He was great in college. He's playing well for the Patriots, and he could not get past it when the media told him after the Monday night game that Sam Darnold said he was seeing ghosts. Now, Darnold was awful. He's 11 of 32. He threw for like 68 yards in the game. He threw four picks and no touchdowns in that shutout loss. But he said he was seeing a ghost, and you could just hear in Kyle's response that even if you are, you just can't say that. You're, you're showing weakness, and I wonder what you think when you hear something like that. Maybe, and maybe it's different than what you would have thought as a player. Maybe you've evolved over time. Well, I mean, I, I think our society is, in a lot of ways is notoriously going soft in many respects. I, I think that people are getting away from – uh, face-to-face interaction, man-to-man and talk, and want to go to either social media or some sort of electronic device to get their opinion across. I'm not saying that it hasn't been present before, but even more so today. And then other people don't know how to react to it. So they're not as mentally strong, in my opinion, or can't withstand the the, 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 the comments or, you know, even, the, even any type of, you know, the, what am I saying, ridicule or anything like that. People are mentally soft. And so when you hear a quarterback, and I agree, if you're a quarterback, you can't let that be known. Okay, yeah, you played a good team. They're undefeated. But you don't, oh, I saw those ghosts because I, I, I just can't get over this defense. You don't say that. You know what? They're a good football team. But they don't know how to handle that. People don't know how to talk these days. <laughs> and I think we as a society, society in many respects, the you know generations is, is getting softer and softer. And this is more evidence of that. So you saw the Raiders go into Green Bay, and watching that game, I want your perspective, but it looks to me like Aaron Rodgers is as good as ever. Oh, he is. <laughs> There's no, no, no doubt about it, he is. The thing about Aaron Rodgers, and I said this on the broadcast, is that Aaron Rodgers is, is definitely an elite quarterback, but one, the thing that sets him apart you know, from a number of quarterbacks um, is the fact that coming before he even gets the ball, he knows where he's going with it. He'll see a running back, for example, in, in the game they had running back versus linebacker matchups, and he knew he had an advantage with his running backs. And he put it outside the numbers to where he protected the ball from possibly being tipped and intercepted, and he allowed his playmakers to make plays. He picked apart the Raiders, and really there was nothing the Raiders could do to stop him. Absolutely nothing to do. So when you saw you see a performance like that, I've seen it out of Tom Brady. I've seen it out of Drew Brees. I've seen it out of the quote-unquote elite quarterbacks in this National Football League. But it's, it, it's never ceased to amaze me when you see it again and again, how accurate and how, uh, and, you know, how uh, deliberate he is with the ball. So we've heard a lot over the years about football. The key is you've got to be able to play defense and you got to run the ball, and that's a championship team. Now, Kyle Whittingham's been yeah. saying that for years, and you fans are dying for the passing game to be a little better. This year it's a little better, and look at this, they're ranked 12th in the country. Alabama, right. though, everything Kyle's been saying, if you heard it come out of Nick Saban, you wouldn't actually be surprised. It doesn't seem like the teams look that different. And if you take it to the NFL, the Niners are second in the NFL team rushing, 
and they've got a killer defense. The Patriots have a killer defense, although the Patriots aren't right. that good at running the ball. So do you believe in a pass-happy era and Aaron Rodgers and you know another handful of quarterbacks, Brady, Breeze, uh, on down the line, dominate the game, but can the Niners and the Patriots ride awesome defense, recognizing the Patriots get to ride Brady too? Remember the air raid offense of Wazoo? How did that turn out for them? <laughs> Three conference <laughs> losses already out of the race. Exactly. So the, the, the thing is, is that, you know, it certainly looks good to see you be able to go sideline to sideline, throw the ball around like that. But when it comes down to it, and especially when the weather gets bad later in the year and the winters and stuff like that, running the football and playing defense is going to, is definitely going to be your, for me, be your best formula for winning. Now, the difference, you know, most of the difference, or the obvious difference between Utah and Alabama is the fact that Alabama's been doing it for a decade and they've been winning, they've been winning national championships with the same formula. And even times when they try to open up the passing game, it really wasn't necessarily indicative of how they are. But they've had playmakers at wide receiver, they've had playmakers at quarterback, and so you've seen some flashes of them possibly opening up and going to a spread. But when it comes down to it, you've seen Nick Saban and Alabama Crescent Tide do it over and over again. He hands the ball out to those big backs, and they run behind that big offensive line, and they pound people in submission, and then they play solid defense on the other side. That is still the same formula for winning. All those teams that you mentioned in the National Football League are going to have success on the end, towards the end of the year as they push into for the playoffs. They're going to win in November and January. They're going to, I mean, November and December and to play in January, and that's what. And it's going to be the same thing. They're going to play defense, and they're going to run the football. Lincoln Kennedy, talking all things football. Pac-12 Network analyst, Raider analyst. Lincoln, thanks for a few minutes. We appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a wonderful day. Lincoln Kennedy, every week here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Freaking game is growing soft. (laughs) America's growing soft. Don't stop at the game. Everyone's staring at their phones instead of looking each other in the eye. I play the game. America is the game. My life is the game. I was including everything. We're growing soft. All you Utah whiners, they're dirty. Oh, man. Don't look at your mentions. They're Do not dirty. look at your mentions. Yak, will you tell him not to look at his mentions for they're, 24 hours? They're dirty. Okay, 48. Oh, no. They, they play too I'm rough. looking at them right now. They're actually not bad yet, but they're about to come <laughs> in. They're, they're just <laughs> playing too rough. Come on. Wait a second, man. How come Jake Scott asked me last night on the radio, well, what do you think about his... Oh, well, they had 12 penalties. How come he didn't ask me, well, what do you think about Utah playing dirty against SC? They had 16 penalties. Your friggin' coach got a personal foul called on him. By the way, he was funny about that a week later. Our foul, or The penalties were down, and I didn't have one, so that was good. Yeah. Nice. Well, I didn't hear any. There were 16 penalties. Nobody was dirty then. And so the season ticket holder who asked me, I told, I said, you know that ASU came in as one of the least penalized teams, not only in the conference, but in the country? That, that was like double what they usually get for penalties. Five or six penalties in a game. That's just, it just happens. They lost their composure. It's yeah. obvious. Right. They got caught up. They were getting beat. They were desperate. They were doing things they don't normally do. It's football. It happens. Yeah. Especially to young, immature teams in a situation. Your guy, your the first guy time. got a targeting foul a couple of weeks ago on offense. I mean, we, we should finish this football season. Before, Dirty Uties. Before we discuss the next football season. <laughs> but USC and ASU are going to be picked one, two in the division next year. I'm not sure which order, but they're going to be picked one, two. And they're dirty. <laughs> I'd rather be third and clean. 
Next year will be the 10th year. It'll be a chance to test the 7-3 and three theory and see if ASU can make it 7 out of 10 against the Utes. Yeah, I'm not going to worry about next year. I know, it's next year. All right, we got to take a break. DJ and PK, stay with us. The publisher of Cal Maven covers the Cal Bears. Jeff Ferrato is going to join us. Coming up in about 15 minutes, we'll get the lowdown on this Utah-Cal game and a shorthanded Cal team that has been struggling offensively. We can hear from Herm yesterday, right? We got a clip. We'll do that next. All right, we'll get Herm's take. Now that he's seen the film, right after the game, he apologized. apologized I've got no problem with that. To uh, Kyle, but now. They were out of control. But but now he's seen the film, and what does he say? We'll get to that next. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Begin and end every great trip with Diamond Airport Parking. Diamond offers car-to-curb service, 24-7 airport shuttles, fantastic rates, complimentary bottled water, plus no one beats the friendly staff. Diamond Airport Parking, just off I-80 and Redwood Road. Park, ride, and save. That's Diamond Airport Parking. All right. Herm Edwards on Dirty. Now, he did apologize after the game. 12 penalties. I think it was 122 yards. Way too much. Anytime you hit double figures and penalties, you're too high. Anytime you hit 100 yards, you're too high. That's a, Too that's many personal fouls? Yep. Absolutely, yeah. But what did Herm have to say afterwards, after he watched the tape? Both teams knew it was going to be physical. It was physical out in the yard here last year, and it was physical again up there, you know, and, and both teams were kind of going at it, and I get that part, but it comes a part where you got to leave it alone. Now let it go. They always catch the second guy. It never changes in football. They always catch the second guy. They just do. When you give a guy the business, okay, you got to be okay. But you give him the business, and they, you know, they, that's what happens. That's football. I mean, I know I played the position. I played corner. You think I didn't talk to the receivers? Come on. <laughs> He's an awesome interview. <laughs> <laughs> come on, come on. <laughs> but to his point, you got to let it go. It's going to be right. physical. People are going to be giving each other the business. And if you react to that, then you're going to get flagged. Yeah. And, and, and ASU got out of control. There's no doubt about it. But, we, we, but we, I, I appreciate the Ute fans. You're fans. You're passionate. So, yeah, they're your enemy. I mean, really, this is football and they're dirty, blah, 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 and whatever. Please explain. Life Liver tweets at us, how the hit on Enos on a kickoff wasn't the cheapest shot you've seen since linebackers wore neck rolls. Premeditated, intent to take a player out, then they tried to trip the kicker. Intent was easy to measure, take a player out. No foul was called on that play. It did look bad. Why? It looked like he lined a guy up on the, well, on the kickoff team. Of course he did. And I spoke to Enos about that yeah. yesterday. What did he tell you? We played it early at 6 a.m., but these people didn't hear it. He said that th- I... I'm one of the better guys to get down the field. And they've got a great running uh, kickoff returner. So they wanted to take me out. Listen, go listen to what he said. He, he, he rolled with it. Have you already got the first hour up, Yach? Because it was at the top of the first hour. All right. Well, you can listen to it. Life litter. Yeah. All I right, s- DJ I, PK. I spoke to him about it yesterday. Kent is here from Technoglass. Good 12 morning, months guys. breakage guarantees. 
What do you got, Kent? Tell us all about it. I tell you what, Zone listeners, uh, Tetna Glass has an amazing deal. Uh, We've been on this show for... Oh, over a year and once a month we come on and we offer this deal this is the last promotion of the year it's not going to get any better than this $99 windshield $75 labor install over 85% of the vehicles qualifying guys comes with our national workmanship warranty now to get that $99 windshield you don't have to get it done today all you have to do is call before 6pm tonight and schedule a time that's convenient for you you heard it right $99 windshield $75 labor install available at all Tetna glass locations statewide Uh, we've got operators standing by the phones have been ringing off the hook this morning get your $99 windshield right now call 801-562-2200 801-562-2200 back to you guys all right there's kent from technoglass technoglass.com online on the phone at 801-562-2200